my brothers and sisters in Christ. For some reason, there's a fascination about what prisoner inmates on death row will order for their last meal. A prisoner who is scheduled to be executed gets to pick what he eats, and people are fascinated by this. Over a third will order chicken, 24% order a hamburger, 22% order a steak, some order McDonald's, very few order a salad. It's mostly comfort food. People are just fascinated by this. Well, what did Jesus order? He was going to be executed the next day. And so what did he have for his last meal? It's probably not what we would have wanted. Jesus' last meal was the Passover meal, which for the Jews meant it was very strictly ordered. It was the same thing every year. There was a script to follow. It meant there was lamb and bitter herbs. There was a wine and unleavened bread, which means bread without yeast. I actually have some store-bought unleavened bread here. And there are two ingredients on the box, flour and water. It kind of looks like a saltine cracker without the salt. <laughs> that was part of Jesus' last meal. Not, um, not what we would order. And yet, Jesus kind of does a switch here. Instead of ordering a meal for himself, a special meal for himself, he gives a special meal. And we call it by a lot of different names. Um, the Last Supper, the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. And today, as we've been doing for a number of weeks in this series, we ask, what if? What if Jesus didn't give us communion? Well, before we get to answering that, let's just talk about communion itself. What is communion? We've already answered that. The hymn we just sang, What is this bread? Christ's body, risen from the dead. What is this wine? The blood of Jesus, shed for mine. Very simply, Holy Communion is Christ's body and blood together with that bread and wine. The Apostle Paul, in writing to the Corinthian believers, gave instruction about this, and this is what he said. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Even the word communion actually describes what the meal is. In, in Latin, the prefix come means with. So communion is with union. It is things that are, are united and joined together. 
Paul described that union, that joining together in the chapter before this. He said, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Participation means joining together. If, if your kids uh, participate in soccer, that means they join in with other kids playing soccer. They participate. There, there's a joining together. Well, this says there is a participation, a joining together of Christ's body and blood with that bread and wine. How is that possible? But one Bible commentator I, I read put it this way. How is this possible? Uh, God withholds the answer. If he actually explained it, we wouldn't and couldn't understand it anyway. It is a miraculous union. It's not like you could do a DNA test on the bread or the wine and find Jesus' DNA. It's not like that. And yet, Christ is truly, really present in this holy meal. But that's not all that's going on in this supper. That's not the only union that's going on. There's also a union between us and Christ. I mean, we are receiving from Christ his body and blood. This is a very intimate thing. It is a very personal thing. Jesus is saying to me, I forgive you. And here's the proof of that forgiveness, the body and blood I gave for you. There's a very intimate union between Christ and us. And then there's another union going on between us and each other. If you think of arrows, it's Christ and us, and then us and each other. And throughout the years, Christians have illustrated this, this union any number of ways. One of the ways is that we... We take communion with those that we are united and close with in faith. This last Sunday, we had over 20 people join our family believers after they've been instructed. In a month, we're going to have some teenagers confess their faith that they are united with us, and then they take communion. Even how, how we celebrate Holy Communion shows this, this union from, from us with each other. Um, often we take it in, in groups. Even some churches have designed how they take communion. They, they take communion in a semicircle. The idea there is the circle is actually completed with other believers who are already in heaven. You see, there, there's a lot going on in communion. So, why? Why is there communion? Why do we celebrate it? Simple answer there. Jesus told us to. He said, take and eat. Take and drink. Do this. Actually, technically, literally, in the original Greek, he said, keep on doing this. So why is there communion? Jesus told us to. But with everything Jesus tells us to do, there's a reason behind it. The reason is, it's for our good. He said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. And here again, it's, it's that 
personal connection we have with Christ. Yes, he died for all of you. But in communion, Jesus says, I died for you. You personally. And as I said before, there's also the connection with other believers. There's this amazing personal connection, not just with Christ, but with one another. We hear that, that communication from Jesus of his love and his forgiveness. And we do that corporately as, as a group. But there's also other reasons that we have communion, that Jesus gave it to us. And, and it has to do with how we learn. God knows how we learn because he, he made us. So I, I want to show you this graph. This is really interesting. This is how people learn and, 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 and how we retain things, we remember things. The basic gist of this is the more active you are, the better you learn and the more you remember. So way up at the top, you've all experienced this, if a teacher lectures, if they just talk, can you learn things? Yes, but you remember about 5%. The more active you are, the better it is. So reading, you're actually doing something. You're reading, so, so that helps. It's a little better. If you have audio-visual, if you see something, a, a video, you'll learn more, you remember more. If you, you discuss things, that's even greater. And you get all the way down to the bottom where you're actually teaching someone else, and that, that's the greatest way that you learn things and remember things. So what does Jesus do in communion? Think about this. What are all of the senses that you use in communion? Taste. Okay, you don't taste the bread that much, but you do taste the wine. Smell. You, you definitely smell the wine. Hearing. You hear those words given and poured out for you. You, you see that bread and the wine. You, 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 you touch them when they're in your hand. All of those senses are, are God's way of communicating to us. And what is he communicating? He's communicating his love and his forgiveness. There's a reason that he gave us communion. And it is to communicate in a way that we learn in, in the greatest way of participation. And it's a beautiful communication. I love you. I forgive you. So, We're going to ask the question we've been doing for a number of weeks here at Trinity. So what if? What if Jesus didn't give this to us? We're going to answer that, but still we're going to look at one more thing. We've looked at how we learn. Let's also look at how we are. 
humanity. We need connection with other people. If the last few years with COVID has taught us anything, it's that we need connection with people. We need interaction because when the, the shutdown happened, mental health issues skyrocketed because we weren't having those interactions with people. And the closer the connection, the better, and not just the close connection, but also those close interactions. Just to illustrate that. Let me tell you an Oli and Lena joke. And some of you don't even know what that is. Oli and Lena are, are common Norwegian names. And this sounds weird, but my dad used to tell Oli and Lena jokes all the time. One of his friends was a full Norwegian, and my dad was full Italian. And somehow they got together, and every Saturday morning, they would tell Oli and Lena jokes on the radio. And this is one of them. Oli and Lena. Oli is the husband, Lena is the wife. Oli and Lena were married for many years. And Lena was really upset because Oli would never tell her that he loved her. And it took a long time, many years, for, for Lena to get up the, the nerve to finally ask, why didn't Oli tell her that he loved her? And this was Oli's response. I told you that I loved you at our wedding. If it ever changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> That's not how love works, though, is it? That's not what we need. We need that constant interaction. We, we need that constant reminder. You with little kids, what, why do your children come up to you and just, just give you a, a random hug out of nowhere? Because they need that connection. Why do spouses do things together? They, they need that time together. Why does a player on, on, on a sports team get, get, get boosted and, and more confident when the coach mentions that, that he's noticed how, how that player has, has been working hard and, and improving? A few weeks ago, I went to our, our Wells National Band Festival, and, and some of our students from ILHS went there, and, and, and the guest conductor was, was really strict and hard, but he also really gave compliments to the students when they did something good. How'd they react? They played amazing. Why is that? We need we have this innate need for that, that reminder, that, that message that we are seen, that, that we're noticed, that people care for us, that we are loved. We have that need. And what does Jesus give us in Holy Communion? Exactly what we need. So often we have that desperate need, and Jesus says, I love you. When so often we have that desperate need, he says, I forgive you. We have that desperate need, and it's exactly what Jesus gives us in Holy Communion. That communication of love and forgiveness.
So, what happens? What would happen? What if Jesus didn't give us communion? We wouldn't have that intimate, private, personal communication from God. I mean, put it this way. Can, can students learn from lecture? Yes. Is it the best? No. Spouses and children, we, we need that constant reminder of, of love and connection. So, so what, if, what if we didn't have that in communion? Well, I mean, we still would know God loves us from, from the Scripture. But you know how it is when things don't always go well, they're going bad, and you just naturally start wondering, you know, does God care, does God love me? If we didn't have communion, we'd be wondering that even more. If, if we didn't have this, this holy supper, we'd be missing out on one of the most personal communication of his love. So what if Jesus did not give us communion? Don't have to worry about it. He did give it to us. It is that constant reminder of his love and forgiveness. It is so personal. When life gets hard, and you know it does, we start asking those questions, right? When marriage gets hard, you ask it, do they love me? When school's getting rough, students wonder, does this teacher even care? When our lives get hard and messy and it's our own doing, we start asking ourselves, why was I so stupid? Why did I say that? Why did I do that? And that is exactly why Jesus gave us communion. He says, I do love you. I do forgive you. I do care about you. I am with you. That is why he gave us communion. So, if Jesus gave it to us, if we need that constant reminder of his love and forgiveness, and communion does do that, so, take it. Jesus said, keep on doing this. Take it. And when you do take it, be sure to examine yourself. Paul gave this instruction. He said, so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. So there is a wrong way to take communion. I mean, it's one of the reasons why we don't have open communion here at Trinity. So how do we make sure that we don't do that? that how do we make sure we're not taking it in the wrong way? Well, Paul says, everyone ought to examine themselves. 
What that means is to take a hard, long look at yourself and be honest. Don't sugarcoat things. See your sin and own it. Confess it. Another thing that examining yourself means is, is looking at what you believe about communion. Do you believe Christ's body and blood is, is there with the bread and wine? Another thing means it's not just looking at yourself. It means looking at those around you. Are you united with those that you're taking communion with? By the way, a great tool in doing this is in our brand new hymnal. There's a, if you want to write this down, it's page 295 and page 296. Our two pages there, it says, Christian questions prepared for those who intend to go to the sacrament. Now, what if you're not confirmed yet? Or you're not a member? Look forward. Look forward to this holy meal. And when it's time to, to learn, pay attention. And grow and, and learn so that when it is time, you can do what Jesus said. Take and eat. The last meal that Jesus ate before he was executed not what we normally would have picked. And in very typical Jesus fashion, he wasn't thinking about himself. It wasn't a meal for him. It was a meal that he gave for us. The Apostle Paul learned about this meal. He was instructed and he passed it on to others, kind of like a, a family heirloom. And it's been handed on down to you and me. So, what if Jesus didn't give us communion? Doesn't matter. Because he did give it to us. So, take, eat, taste that the Lord is good. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for this holy supper you've given us. Lord, may we never um, forget about it, neglect it, but receive it with joy. Because in it you tell us, you love us, you forgive us. And so Lord, later today as we go home, May this, be, may this food be the strength that we need to live our lives for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.